everyone welcome in to a, another daily editorial here on the ke report i'm getting an update from aclara resources traded on the tsx under the symbol ara i am chatting with francois moat the cfo of aclara now aclara resources focused on heavy rare earths the company has a project in chile which this year is focused mostly on permitting we will be focusing on the project in brazil the Karina project, because just on January 23rd, the company released the PEA on this project. Now, Francois and I just started talking about this Karina project back in October when the company had their initial drill program. It was just over 1,600 meters. The company shortly after that released an inferred resource back in November, and now we're already at PEA stage. So, Francois, I guess let's just start with the time frame here of how quickly the company explored and got to a PEA stage at the Karina project. How is that even possible to do it that quickly? Thank you, Corey. And thank you. And good to be back so soon to talking to you again. How did we do this? I can tell you that it shows the advantage that has the company on knowing the processing technology. You know? So basically, we have uh, discovered this deposit around August with the drilling we did. And then we knew exactly what to do to go to this uh, concept, to do this conceptual study. So we basically have a total understanding of the metallurgy, which we have developed with the PENCO module. No, we have the, the pilot planting in Chile. And that knowledge allows us to advance very quick with the asset. So the first time we did the PA in Penco, clearly wasn't so fast. We have learned a lot now, and, and we basically are applying exactly the same metallurgy of Penco to Karina, of course validated with uh, lab test results, no, but it, it has allowed us to, to move very quickly, which is what we want to show to the market, no? that we are taking this very seriously, that the, definitely the world needs these elements as quick as possible, and we want to provide them uh, before the, this decade ends. So this is a heavy rare earths project. So as I said, the initial drill program, just over 1,600 meters, gave you an inferred resource that you incorporated in this PEA. You also have that pilot plant that is working through the material initially from your project in Chile. This project is in Brazil. I understand you've started to feed some of the material to that pilot plant. Didn't you need that data to come into the PEA to come up with some of these economic numbers? At this stage, as it is a preliminary economic assessment, we don't need the piloting data. Basically, we have used exactly the same flow sheet as PENCO. So just doing the laboratory tests you know, that represent actually that process is enough to comply that, that we know and that we can produce you know, based on this flow sheet, the, the, the words. So the, the the answer is no, but definitely these bench tests that we're doing uh, in the pilot plant will be incorporated later on in the PFS. We sent on November you know, 25 tons of clays from Brazil to Chile. We started to pilot uh, at the end of December, and the pilot is running today, you know, and we will run until the end of February. And so far, the you no, know, we are producing carbonates 
and uh, we are uh, waiting the results from the lab to see how it's uh, performing. But uh, so far, so good. Now, let's also talk about the CapEx here. Initial capital costs of little under 600 million US dollars. Payback period of 3.6 years. This is all timing with projected uh, start of construction in 2027. And your pricing forecast for Dysprosium, table four within that news release, shows some uh, price increases going into next decade. So 2030 onwards, that also helps the cash flow component. Give us a bit more understanding here on these price estimates, what they mean for the company, especially timing with when it would be in production. Absolutely. So as you say, the timing of the asset that that we are expecting is to be in production in 2029 with the ramp up. And not merging that to the schedule of prices is that the, by the end of the decade is where we are going to see the larger gap between supply and demand. And that's the moment where the prices starts to pick up very quickly and, and increase uh, materially compared to current prices. So prices are going to be stay fairly stable until 2028, and then they start to increase materially due to this gap. We have used Adamas and Argus Media, both independent research companies on the rare space. We have talked, of course, deeply with them. And in the case of this prosium and terbium, which are the heavy birds that we're focusing on, they do not know and the world do not know where the supply is going to come out to cope with the demand. So technically, if, if, if they would leave their models mathematically go and run, the prices actually would be much higher. Of course, they are capping that because they cannot project infinite prices. But there's a serious problem by the end of the decade in terms of source, no, in terms of supply and demand imbalance. And this is a, this is something that we believe very much. And that's why we are focusing so much on the heavy birds. So the payback period is 3.6 years. Yes. It's, it still uh, catches a little bit of low prices between 2029, 2030, and then starts picking up with higher prices by, between 2030 and 2033. And therefore, it accelerates the cash flows and, and, and we get to that number, which we still think it's a, a quite good uh, payback period for such, a, for such a CapEx. And in relation to the CapEx, Corey, we have a a good understanding of the engineering because we have developed a lot of engineering uh, with the PENCO module. So this number of CAPEX is actually not so uh, high level. No, we have tried to, to manage a number that is very reasonable and that could reflect all the knowledge that we have on the space. So on the project development timeline here, the company is throwing out the idea that you could be in construction by the second half of 2027. Again, you've had just one drill program here for a little over 1,600 meters. It was an auger drill program. Your resource is still just in inferred category. So what work goes into that, at least in the near term, to upgrade the resource, go through other economic studies. What can we be expecting in the near term? Yeah, so we have been positively surprised with this asset, to be honest. We didn't expect with such a shallow campaign of our drilling would use such an outstanding grades and, and size. 
So definitely the, we are very happy with this deposit. There's a lot of potential to grow the resources. We are doing drilling campaign now with the reverse circulation uh, uh, method, which allows us to get between 20 in, and in some cases even to 60 meters. Uh, we're looking that on average, the mineralization is around 22 meters. And let's consider that this initial PEA is only based on 8 meter depth. So there's a huge potential of growth in resources and hopefully in rates as well. So we already talked last time about how this resource is large, especially when you consider global supply. But Will you be expanding the resource first and foremost because of just how shallow the current resource is and still how limited of drilling has just gone into that initial resource? We need to understand the full potential of the asset. And we still believe that by growing the resource, we can gain a lot of efficiencies and we will be running scenarios you know, with different scheduling of grades as well as with a very long life of mind. So today we have 17 years, if we can have a longer life of mind, that is always very welcomed by customers. But also we can see to even increase the capacity. So today we are scheduling... 10 million tons throughput, and we could see uh, if, if, if the resource is expanded, as, as, we, as we believe it will, we could see to even double the capacity. But again, we, we don't want to, to go too much in, in depth into that until we receive the, 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 the updated resources with the drilling, but it will allow, it will give a lot of flexibility to the company to improve further the economic results. Something you mentioned, Corey, it's, it's quite important, which is the size of the production. And I think we should have started with that because what we are seeing here is that Carina Model could produce approximately 13.7% of the official dysprosium and terbium production of China. And that number is enormous, no? And if we can even grow that further, looking at the imbalance of demand and supply, we, we represent a very good alternative, I would say extremely good alternative for OEMs that are looking for reliable uh, source of DYTV no, for the long term for, for, for their EV business. Okay, so there's still a lot of work that you can do here, including updating the resource, growing the resource, and even tinkering with production profiles. But again, then you also need to manage capital costs. So is this a project then because of how large it is that another major miner, some other miner in the rarest space would look to take over? Or would you, because of your flow sheet that you already sound like are very confident with, that it would just fall under a Clara to develop this? Definitely, we are considering to develop this asset directly. Remember that we are part of the Hochschild group. So our major shareholder is Eduardo Hochschild, and our second shareholder is the Hochschild Mining. So we have a very strong owners that, that definitely can face this type of project. And we do not close the option of bringing a local partner uh, that potentially could be my, uh, a minority partner that could help us finance this. And of course, invite in the, ne in the negotiations not, uh, of takers to also uh, participate with a, a, a debt facility to finance this asset. So there are several avenues on how to finance this. We are not scared about the CapEx numbers. We are sure that we can uh, develop this internally. 
Uh, but we, first, we need to un fully understand the potential of the of the of the deposit. So, what do we need to watch out for then when we get some of the near-term news on the processing at your pilot plant in Chile? What what do investors need to focus on to, I guess, confirm that these numbers that this resource can work moving forward? So. There are several short-term catalysts to be looking at for the Carina module. First, we are going to be releasing some exploration results by the end of February, beginning of March, in relation to the RC campaign. And that definitely will be an indication of how the resource could evolve. We are looking to update the resource uh, by the end of Q2. And for that, we need to finalize the 9,000-meter campaign that we're, that we are doing. The second thing we need to look at is, of course, the piloting. We will be finishing the pilot by, piloting by the end of February, and we will have be issuing the results potentially in March or the beginning of April. And then the, let's not forget that we need to continue developing this asset. It's not just about drilling and getting a PE out. We are starting today, or we already started the work with the environmental baseline, that, that work is key because the permitting is always the bottleneck to the startup of, of production. And we are also in the process, in the bidding process to award the pre-feasibility contract. So we are expecting to start the pre-feasibility in the second quarter and finish it next year. And, and finally, with the new resources we expect to issue, we are going to be looking to update the PEA. And that update of the PEA will come with of course, an updated mining plan and potentially, uh, as I mentioned before, a plan B of an upside cap production capacity. Okay. Now, now, how much cash does the company have in the bank? I know last time we've chatted, the company was well cashed up. And on top of that, what's going to be the budget for the work that you have planned just even early on this year? Sure. So we have we are, have finished the 23 year with 33 million cash. So we are with a very strong financial position. We have a budget that includes both Chile and Brazil of 22 million. No, the larger budget, of course, is in Brazil, where we have the most technical developments no, going forward. And we pretend to end the year with approximately 10 million cash, which will allow us to still develop the assets towards mid-2025. So we, we wanted to have that flexibility in timing because we know we'll have to raise more funds, but we want to do it with the appropriate market conditions. So we will be evaluating the different windows where, when we can you know, finance the company to continue developing Carina and of course the Penco module as well because Chile also keeps being a priority for the company. Yeah, and that's what we have talked about too. Chile, you're in permitting on that asset and now you're moving this Carina project in Brazil forward. So I will post a link to that PEA news release. Please, everyone who's interested, go through that news release. Send me any questions you have so that I can get those in front of Francois and get those addressed for you. As more news comes out, it sounds like it'll be a busy year. Francois, I do want to follow up with you and just see how, especially this asset, continues to advance because it is still early stage, but already with the PEA on it. So, Francois, thank you very much for this update, and please keep me up to date on future news. Thank you very much, Corey.